I can barely explain how we get from there to Niagara Falls. Because... <laughs> You're right. Welcome to Recotopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantee is implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. This is a real big fucking gun. This ain't no ham on rap, pal. What the hell are you doing? Saving your life. I would have been here sooner, but I was thinking of that ham on rye line. Hello. Hey. How's everybody doing today? It is a Tuesday once again after one after one week where we did it on a Wednesday and it screwed everybody's week up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're doing this live in front of uh, uh, an audience of a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of uh, people on Twitch and YouTube today. Uh, anyway, it's Recotopia episode 44. I am Chris Atkinson. I am Jeremy Scott. And today's big recommend is the long kiss. Good night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, happy to see all of you here. Uh, this, uh, I've been seeing, uh, some comments uh, like people kind of, I think people kind of love this movie. Uh, there's, there's a few that may think it's maybe a little bit too out there, but, uh, I really enjoyed this back in the day and this is my third time watching it. And, uh, I think I pick up on something new every time. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> how you doing today, Jeremy? I am doing quite well. I'm looking forward to the discussions today. Happy to see mm-hmm. all the digital smiling faces in the chat. Mm-hmm. And uh, welcome to those of you who view or listen live but do not chat. Because uh, I know mm-hmm. there's lurkers out there somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any small recommends for us? It's no big deal. It's so small and light. It's small, it's tiny, it's petite, it's wee. I do have a small, small recommend. It's a pretty new movie uh, called She Said. Um, that, uh, let's see what the release date was. Well, it's still playing in theaters, but you can also do like I did and go on Amazon prime and pay, I don't know, 19, 20 bucks to see it at home in the comfort of your home. And this Mm -hmm. is uh, a movie about the two journalists who ultimately started the snowball rolling against Harvey Weinstein, um, in terms of leading to him being charged and tried and, I think sentenced. Um, I'm pretty sure he's in jail. Um, shows you how well I paid attention. Actually, the movie's not about what happened to him afterwards. This movie reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Spotlight um, mm-hmm. in that there is a lot. It's almost all from the journalist's perspective. Uh, they have to be human beings because they're talking to people who have been victimized, who know mm-hmm. that if they speak out, they might be victimized more. Uh, they're dealing with uh, institutionalized, basically, abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this movie is great. It stars uh, Carrie Mulligan and uh, Zoe Kazan. Um, yeah. Samantha Morton has a great scene. Um, and Andre Brower's in it as, like, the newspaper head guy. Nice. And Ashley Judd plays herself. She's one oh. of the women who went on the record for this first New York Times article Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow voices herself, uh, hmm. but there is it, interestingly there's a scene where it's a very quick scene where she's at a table and you see her from behind and she's talking to one of the journalists, but you don't hear any of that. 
And so I was I was thinking, well, that's they didn't really get Gwyneth. But then I looked at the credits later and she does her own voice on the phone call in the hmm. movie. Uh, but then you have people like Rose McGowan, who uh, does not play herself, does not appear in this film. And I don't think cooperated with this New York Times investigation, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really well acted, really well paced. Uh, there is just enough of each of these ladies home life that we get to they're humanized they're not just mm-hmm. you know reporters on the job always kicking ass like one mm-hmm. carrie mulligan's pregnant and then she has a baby uh and then mm-hmm. she's got postpartum depression at one point and then uh zoe kazan has to go to england to do a couple of interviews and is video chatting with her young daughter who casually asks if her mom is writing about rape and then mm-hmm. she's like i've never heard you use that word before I, uh, that's not a word that i would have thought you heard and then she ends up breaking down after the call um just really really well made i think this would make an excellent double feature with spotlight uh it is in movie theaters right now uh, or on amazon um there's a moment in this movie surprisingly for me that i teared up um mm. it was just that well paced and put together that there's this moment of relief and and i felt it and uh, i had tears uh two thumbs up really really like this movie yeah i've heard a lot about this i want to see this at some point um so yeah, I'm gonna have to make make up make some time for that. Um, I uh, I did my uh, usual movie night with uh, with this group that I do every month, and uh, I'm gonna recommend both of the movies from that uh, movie night. Uh, it was a Christmas theme, uh, so uh, one of them was a classic movie from 1942 called "The Man Who Came to Dinner," um, and um, it's it is. Uh, about a, a man who's like a, who who does a radio program of some sort he comes in and he's going to do a uh he's going to do his his program from this wealthy family's house um and uh he trips and falls and uh, on an icy patio or whatever and uh, when he's hurt on their property he insists that he gets to stay at their house until he recovers and uh and so uh he's sitting in a wheelchair and basically just has the run of the house uh in in this and just telling everybody off and the this movie's one of those it's you know it's from the 40s so it's like one of those like somebody comes into a room they get insulted they run out (laughs) comes in they get insulted they run out so on and so forth um there's not much of a story here. I mean, there's a story, but it's, it's, it's really mainly about, you know, people interacting with this man played by Monty Woolley, I believe. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he, apparently this was a role that he perfected on Broadway and then, then, uh, uh, came onto the scene and in the movie. Um, so, uh, the, the main story is that he's got a secretary played by Betty Davis who, uh, uh, falls in love with a newspaper man that comes to town or comes to the house and, uh, and she wants to run off and get married with him. And, you know, this is one of those classic 1940s things where somebody runs into somebody one time and then they're in love and want to get married by the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds you know, like me in college. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was, it was, uh, the story of Jeremy's college days is what this movie <laughs> should have been. Called. Uh, so, uh, she wants to get married and she tells, she tells, uh, she tells her boss about it and he's not happy. So he tries to do everything he can to sabotage it. And so he calls in this, uh, beautiful actress played by Ann Sheridan, 
uh, to come in and read a play that this newspaper guy has has written. And he thinks that she'll be able to seduce him away from Betty Davis. And that's the basic uh, uh, sort of uh, plot that he has. But then she, Betty Davis, finds out about this and concocts a scheme to uh, to uh, break that up. And so it's like a back and forth kind of thing there where she's trying to get back at him. And then eventually... Uh, we get into a third act where, uh, you know, there's a, there has to be some sort of resolution to this, of course. Mm. Uh, but, um, uh, this is a really, really fun movie. I'm telling you, this is one of those that's gonna, it's, you know, uh, you know, if, if you liked, uh, if you like, uh, arsenic and old lace and all these, you know, the, his girl Friday and all these type of movies where it's just like, like somebody comes in, says something really fast and then they're off to the next thing. And you're, you're <laughs> that this kind of movie and i don't know you don't make them like they just really really don't make them like this anymore and mm. uh i would say uh definitely go find some room for this in your holiday plans if you're watching christmas movies nice nice mm-hmm. uh i have never seen that movie that is uh one of many uh, this uh, is this is way up your alley this I, is I, like this is like high, high on your list. It was giving me kind of uh, arsenic and old lace and Frasier vibes to hear you talking about it, um, mm-hmm. which is definitely right up my alley. Um, yeah. My second small recommend is going to be a video game this week. Ooh. And I Ooh. I am a, what, what they call, I don't know what they call it. I'm a laggy gamer. I made that up. Uh, I get to games six to... 10 months after everybody else does. Mm-hmm. So no one wants to talk about it anymore. Um <clears throat> A game that came out in February of 2022 for PlayStation 4 and 5. It's called Horizon Forbidden West. Ah. Um, and I, I really can't not make a joke about this being the lost Kim and Kanye baby. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is a sequel <laughs> to 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn. This is a post-apocalyptic future in what I think is the Western United States. This is hundreds, if not thousands of years into the future. Mm. Um, And this is a third person action explorer game. I'm not super far into it. I've played maybe three hours, um, but I have enjoyed it so much that I wanna go ahead and recommend it. And basically, you start out as this girl. I guess she was in the, the first game. I never played the first game. So this is like my horrible boss's experience. I'm coming to mm-hmm. the sequel first. Um, and like, you don't have uh, anything but a bow. And you don't even have any arrows. And so you have to like, the first part of the game, you're going around looking for like herbs and stuff you can use for medicine. And then you're, then you're chopping down these little trees and turning them into arrows. But you can only hold so many arrows in your quiver. And then the bad guys I'm fighting are all like transformer animals. They're mm-hmm. like some sort of machine AI hybrid sentinel thing, but some of them look like panthers and some of them look like T-Rexes and some of them look like pterodactyls. Um, and they have weak spots on their body and they don't have a lot of them. And so basically you have to kind of get the timing down right to shoot your arrow when their weak spot is exposed to take some damage off of them. Mm-hmm. But there's not as much action yet i imagine mm-hmm. the game gets actionier as it goes along i've only encountered these robot things a few times it's much more of an exploring type game um and i would say puzzles but not i don't like puzzle games because puzzle games are often um both repetitive and difficult mm-hmm. um and this is not like that this also has a setting that will just tell you what to do and where to go if you want mm-hmm. i don't have that turned on 
so I like to go explore every area of this, you know, field that I'm in to see if there's any, you know, treasures or herbs or something. And mm-hmm. there's sometimes multiple ways to go different directions. Sometimes you can jump down to a thing. Sometimes you have to carefully climb down. Um, I just, it reminded me a lot of the Far Cry games in terms of mm-hmm. gameplay. Um, <clears throat> and I just really, really am enjoying it. And I wanted to share it. And maybe one or two of these people will start playing it and, and we can talk on discord about horizon. <laughs> <for Midwest. clears throat> I, uh, I got a PS5 like earlier this year and I got this game bundled with it. So you'd think I'd be like, oh man, I've played the shit out of this game. But I also bought Elden Ring on the same day. Oh no. And so, (laughs) so I started at Elden Ring and I really, really have like progressed really far in that game, but I had to stop playing it so much back in like August because of just the way the last four months of the year always are for me. And, uh, and so like, I am still trying to finish Elden Ring and then maybe I'll get to Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, and I, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, do I really want to do that to myself? I keep doing this where I'm like really far in a game and then I quit it and then I'm like, okay, I'll start this new one up. And like, you know, before you know it, I'm going to have like five RPGs, just like they've progressed to like 85% and they're just sitting there on the hard drive the whole time. So yeah, that sounds like um, me too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, the other half of that uh, movie night was a movie I had not seen since it was in theaters. Uh, 1994's the ref. Uh, oh, this man. is, this is Ted Demi making another appearance on the small recommends. Cause you mm-hmm. recommended beautiful girls uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, trigger alert, Kevin Spacey is in this movie. Uh, but, but Kevin Spacey is also playing a role that probably would inform a lot of what he would do in the nineties. And this, uh, this is, this is straight up what he ends up doing in American beauty and horrible bosses and things like that later on. This is that, this is that kind of role. Although with a little bit more heart, I think on American beauty, he's got some heart too. So I wouldn't say, uh, he's, he's not like horrible bosses, Kevin Spacey in this, but, mm. um, but, uh, the, the movie is pretty simple. Dennis Leary is a thief. He goes into this house and, uh, has, he cracks a safe and he's about to steal everything out of it, except there's this one ring that's got just so happens to have a little string on it that pulls the alarm system. Uh, and, uh, and it takes his picture, takes video of him and everything. And, uh, shoots him down into the basement where there's a dog waiting, uh, <laughs> all this stuff. Um, he, he manages to get out of that and, uh, but then finds out that there's a roadblock in the town and he can't get out of the town. Uh, so he is waiting by the store where it just so happens that a, a fighting couple, Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis, who is fucking phenomenal on this. Movie, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they judy davis goes in uh to the store to get some things that you see them at the beginning they're uh they're trying to they're trying to do marriage counseling and it's obvious that they they're on the last legs of this marriage there's no way that this can be saved under the what uh what they what they're talking about she cheated on him years ago and and he's still giving her shit about it even though they're still together and everything and he's obviously not the best person in the world uh but Anyway, she goes into the store. Dennis Leary kidnaps her, and then put and then tells them tells uh tells Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis to take them 
uh, take him to their house and uh, he's going to wait it out for until the coast is clear. Uh, and, but there's a variety of characters that keep running in and out of this house. Basically there's a Santa Claus that comes around and gives, gives people fruitcakes and he's getting drunker and drunker as the evening goes. There's a, there's a son they've sent to military school, by the way, JK Simmons shows up in this movie for a brief moment. Uh, I believe this was, uh, his first movie, maybe JK Simmons. Wow. Um, uh, his, their son is has, has his own problems. Obviously, being having the, these people for parents are going to fuck you up. Um, and uh, on, by the end of it, they've got a whole bunch of family coming over. And so Dennis Leary has them uh, tied up for the most part while he tries to figure out what to do. And uh, and he's trying to call his buddy who left him at the scene when he got caught in that house. Uh, he's trying to get him to help out. Uh, and so he's just sort of biding his time and trying to figure out how to get, how to get out of the city or get out of the town. But yeah, meanwhile, there's this big, huge Christmas dinner that's going on with all this family and everything like that. And so they have, he has to pretend to be their doctor and that they're not being held hostage the whole time. And, and, uh, and so there's a lot of like really dark dialogue in this. It's a lot of like, you know, these people hate each other. Dennis Leary is is dennis leeriness in this uh uh you know uh he doesn't you know i i guess i would take that back i think he's his dennis leeriness in judgment night and demolition man that's where he's his he's most this one is more of a role for him where he doesn't have to go off and go on a rant okay and yeah. all that type of stuff that he usually does uh but uh it's really fun man it's a fun movie I don't think you can find it anywhere. We watched it on YouTube, so it's on YouTube if you can find it. But I don't think you can find this like on a Blu-ray or on like streaming somewhere other than like somebody just uploaded it to YouTube. But uh, very, very well worth watching. Uh, I hadn't seen it in forever. Uh, you, I think you're probably in the same boat. You had not yep. seen this since it came came out. Really funny, really good. Ted Demi uh, was was definitely a talent uh and uh, i was i was, was kind of wish we could have seen what he could have what is was gonna make uh he, he died way too early uh yeah. same thing with uh yeah so yeah um uh the ref good movie <clears throat> i have uh not seen it in probably 20 years i remember really enjoying it so um i forgot there was a christmas connection so that might give me an excuse to toss it on here in the next couple of weeks and see what mm -hmm. it looks like <clears throat> yep all right. All right. <laughs> well, uh, this uh, leads into the uh, big recommend. recommend. A long kiss, good night, bitches. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Yeah. Uh, depending on which uh, source you, you use, uh, pretty much everybody I think says 1996 is when this movie came yes, out. Yes, this came out in 96. Um, and uh, I might call her Sam or Samantha or Charlie or Charlene or Gina Davis. I'm just telling you right now, there's too many names for this character in this movie and I'm not gonna remember <laughs> to always keep them straight. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> the movie opens with Gina Davis playing Samantha Kane. She's a school teacher in a small town. I think it's Pennsylvania. She's got a boyfriend. She's got an eight-year-old daughter. Um, it's slowly explained to you through some pretty overt narration um, yep. that uh, she washed up on the on the beach, east coast, pregnant, and no memory. 
And so this little girl, Katie, Caitlin, is uh, who she was pregnant with when she washed up on shore. And over the eight years, she has uh, chosen a job as a school teacher and fallen in love with this guy, Hal. Um, <clears throat> but what we don't know yet, and we are soon to learn, is that she used to be a top Secret Service CIA assassin. And uh, <clears throat> slowly, her memory is going to start coming back to her. Now, this starts because she's in a Christmas parade as Mrs. Claus. So the mm -hmm. moral of the story is never participate in a Christmas parade because yes. if she had not, she would have been fine. Uh, <clears throat> but in prison is One-Eyed Jack. One-Eyed Jack is a guy that she put away and took his eye and mm -hmm. he sees her on TV. He's got a TV in his own cell, I guess. It's <sighs> a little odd, to, but the TV's yeah. behind a... Behind a yeah. grate, can't get to mm -hmm. it, but he wants to beat the TV up. I think uh, I think uh, Christian Bale has a better view in his uh, exactly. underground pit in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he does what you do when you see the person on TV who took your eye and put you in prison. He breaks out of prison. The movie yada yadas the shit out of that. Um, honestly, if CinemaSins ever made a video about this movie, it would be longer probably than the movie itself because mm -hmm. this movie is bonkers. Mm -hmm. um, he breaks out of prison and goes after her. Um, and basically, she's had a car accident. She hit a deer. Uh, she broke the deer's neck. It's kind of gruesome. And that started her remembering some things. So she's in the kitchen one day, and she's chopping carrots, and she realizes she's a chef because she can chop carrots like crazy. And somehow, being an assassin gives you excellent knife skills in the kitchen. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But she throws a tomato up in the air and throws the knife at it and sticks it in the cupboard. And then she turns to Hal and says, what chefs do that um, <laughs> and then uh later one eye jack attacks her in her home and she kills him with his bare hands breaking his neck and looks at hal again and says chefs do that uh mm -hmm. when hal is scared <laughs> um now she has had private investigators over the years trying to help her track down her former life and right now she has so little money to do that she's using samuel jackson's character mitch um and he's about probably the lowest of the low of private investigators uh, he spends a lot of his time scamming uh adulterers um uh, with his partner who plays the sex worker and he yeah. hired homeless guys to play cops um yep yep anyway this guy who should have no business cracking anything in her case finds a suitcase that used to belong to her and this is like god's suitcase as far as the movie's concerned so hal takes caitlin the daughter and they're gonna go off and, and hide uh or at least not go with mommy. Mommy's going to go try and figure out who the hell she is with Sam Jackson. This is when the movie starts to get really fun. Uh, they play off each other really well. Shane Black's script is crackling. Mm -hmm. um, the score, in case you wondered why it was so amazing, is Alan Silvestri. Yeah. Um, who did Back to the Future, the Avengers movies, uh, all that shit. Uh, so the score is maybe better than it deserves to be it film. is so much better than it deserves to be <laughs> but the humor is found in all these little quirky places like sam jackson not knowing the words to uh i'm not talking about moving and he thinks it's the linen um mm. later on he sings this dun, 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 dun. don't turn off the light bum, bam, mm -hmm. dun, dun, before i go to bed at night um he's just playing a really humorous character there's a lot of great one-liners they find a name in the suitcase it's Brian Cox's name. Well, it's actually some other guy, but Brian yeah, Cox yeah. is playing the guy. Mm -hmm. I get my favorite line in the entire film when Brian Cox explains to his wife that the dog's <laughs> licking should stop. 
because mm-hmm. it's either not going to get out what it's going after or it's already has gotten out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they call him. He's like, he's like a friend, right, from the old days. And he's like, meet me at this train station. But his, t- his phones are being tapped because now the CIA, mm-hmm. after One-Eyed Jack broke out of prison and went after her, they figured out that she's still alive. Mm-hmm. And they want to catch her because I guess she knows secrets, even though she has no memory. Um, <clears throat> so there's a train st- station scene. But the bad guys show up first with machine guns that kill half the passengers in the train station, from what I can mm. gather. They go out of the parking lot, and Brian Cox shows up. Get my car if you want to live. Uh, so they get in his car, but then they're like, well, I don't know if we can trust this guy either. We're going to look in the suitcase for another name. And they go in the suitcase for another name, and they find Luke, her own boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And they go back, they go to his farm to see him, and he is so charming. And they, How could this guy possibly be evil? And they go for a walk, and I think there's hay and animals or something. And uh, Sam Jackson's kind of watching him warily. And Brian Cox shows up and says, hey, that's her lover. He's the target. She was supposed to kill him. And then Brian Cox is dead all of a sudden. Best character in the movie, gone. Mm -hmm. But then we get this awesome, one of the best movie torture scenes ever with the water wheel where they impossibly uh, tie her to a, a, a working water wheel and the torture is they crank it underwater and bring her back up. Tell us what you know. Of course, she doesn't know anything. But then she has this mental break and remembers everything and comes up out of the water with the dead guy's gun who was down there already and shoots this guy. And these guys, this whole movie is full of Batman villains. Like, did you ever yeah. watch the, the old Batman TV show where mm-hmm. they were like, it's James Bond too, where mm-hmm. instead of just killing him, they're like, we're going to tie you to this table that has a saw 30 feet away from you. And over the next hour, you will slowly move towards the saw and we're going to leave just because we don't want to witness that. Man, this movie is so all over the place. Um, This is where, uh, not Mitch, this is where her old uh, boyfriend, I can't find this guy's name. Is it Craig Bierko? Yeah, Craig Bierko reveals himself. He actually leaves her to die at the water wheel scene. This is the first many times he does this. Um, Mm -hmm. And... uh, now it's on. Um, I I can barely explain how we get from there to Niagara Falls. Because <laughs> right? It's so wild. Uh, there's a scene in Atlantic City, I think, where uh, the ham on rye incident happens, mm-hmm. which is funny, mm-hmm. funny bit. But this movie is over two hours long. And this time through, not sure it really needs to be that long. No. Um, but we do have the last 30 minutes is a set piece right out of a diehard film. I actually went and Googled to see if Shane Black had anything to do with diehard with a vengeance. Right. Uh, because there's the whole so ending. much. Yeah. There's a bridge and a helicopter and a nighttime, the snow and in Canada and uh, Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, maybe he's just a big fan of that movie. Sam Jackson, so the, the helicopters, all that. It's like, it's it's Die Hard with Vengeance Part 2, if you yeah. can make that happen. It really is. Uh, everyone who needs to be is indestructible when they need to be. Um, there's no way uh, Gina Davis or Sam Jackson should be alive any point on that bridge uh, or beyond. They've both been shot. They've both been stabbed or cut. Um, he, Sam Jackson gets blown out of a window through a sign into a tree 30 feet away and falls to the ground and within two seconds gets up and throws a knife into the throat yeah. of an oncoming bad guy. That's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Um, <clears throat> there's so many one-liners in here. Um, there's a lot of fun, interesting action. 
Um, I love that Gina Davis gets to play two characters in this movie, uh, just a really normal, loving, yeah. caring teacher, housewife, and then this absolute kind of a jerk, badass assassin who tells her own daughter, get over it, quit being such a wimp. Mm-hmm. Um, which of course comes back into play later when the daughter throws yes, it back to her. Um, let's uh, let's hear what Chris had to say on this time through. This is you. I think you said your third time through, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's my third time through. I watched this. Uh, I guess it was last year because we actually got to interview Rennie Harlan, uh, and uh, so I wanted to kind of uh, re- refresh my memory on this movie because I knew I loved it and I wanted to talk to him a little bit about it. Although perhaps because uh, he was married to Gina Davis at the time, and maybe mm. that gives him some bad uh, memories. Don't think he was receptive to talking about Long Kiss Goodnight. I was kind of brought it up, and it was like he just kind of let me talk about it a bit, and then didn't say anything about it. So I was like, okay, well, we'll move on to the other thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted to talk to him uh, mainly because of the finale, which is so over the top. You know, they've got this bomb that set off and. Man, this movie really boils itself in conspiracy theories that are really fucking scary. Five yeah. years before nine eleven, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, uh, the the you know it, this was three years after the the first World Trade Center bombing, so they the he Shane Black is using that as a basis for this whole finale here, where the CIA is basically going to kill four thousand people just so they can get more funding. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man and they've got their own they've got some dead guy who's gonna take the fall and they've got like you know uh all this stuff so yeah those this this bridge explodes at the end it's one it's this huge explosion where cars start raining down and i'm like this is this is a th- this is rennie harlan right here baby yeah. this is rennie harlan for sure uh and uh, with that great thing where the girl says don't hit the cars and samuel <laughs> jackson just looks at her for a second like like no shit <laughs> you know um uh one thing i wanted to go through on this because this is such a shane black and this is not even i this this is this is some of the the funny the funny exchanges that i that i decided to note on this one uh, and there's still a lot more that I'm not even going to get to, but, um, but there's the point where Charlie seduces Mitch trying to get that, you know, photograph or whatever out of his, out of his pocket. And, and, uh, and he's like, what's going on? And she's, she's like, it's true love, you know, whatever. And he's like, I ain't handsome. I ain't rich. And the last time I got blown candy bars cost a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great line um the one the part where he goes through that whole thing about how he got to jail and everything and he's like eight years ago i was an atlanta cop my partner and i walked worked this fraud case together and so that motherfucker hated me i forget why but he did anyway some some uh, bonds went missing from the evidence room. And when someone called internal affairs and they went searching through my closet, lo and behold, what did they find? And, and she's like the bonds, your partner put them there, huh? He's like, Nope, Nope. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I stole the damn things. Um, which is, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's such a classic trope in movies of like, Oh, the cop got wrongfully accused of something and he went to jail and blah, blah, blah. And we're supposed to feel this sympathy for him because he didn't really do those things. In this case, Shane black flips it and says, you know, he did it. He did it. All right. Um, the, she tells him at one point you couldn't hit the, you couldn't hit the, hit a lake if you were standing at the bottom. I love that the way that was put. Um, 
to the point right after he gets hit in the ball, she goes, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And he goes, I hope not. Cause I'm thinking how much my balls hurt. <laughs> um, uh then there's like uh she's like i'm putting my keys in my left pocket and did that dun, 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 whatever and there's like gun in the right hand side and whatever and she's like makes a bulge people can see and mitch says you want you want to stick stick in my pants and shoot my damn dick off and goes now you're a sharpshooter <laughs> <laughs> um uh everyone knows when you make an assumption you make an ass out of you and umption i love that um uh there's a point too where she says she 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 does something she cuts him or whatever and says uh i distracted you first same principle as deflowering virgins and he goes what and he's like i read it in this harold robbins book guy bites her on the ear distracts from the pain ever try that it's like no no i suck him in the jaw and yell pop goes the weasel <laughs> and <laughs> um and then uh and then uh there's a there's a point at the very beginning that character played by alan north that earl character like goes like he dies and never mentioned again. Like he just, he just like is in a car crash and I guess burns alive or whatever. And then never mentioned that dude again. This is the next scene is her cutting up carrots and it's like, <laughs> it's like, and then didn't really give a care. didn't give, give a shit about that dude anymore, but there's she a made, point in there the where news for being in a, a Christmas parade, but not for being in an accident where a man yeah. burned to death. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, there's a point though before the re the the wreck or whatever he's all drunk and everything and he goes how many times do you uh, like and he puts his finger in his fist and everything and goes what stick our she's like stick our hands inside our fingers stick our fingers inside our hands and pull them out again he's like every chance we get and then she goes <laughs> she goes Earl do me a favor every few words have some bubbles come out and say hick because <laughs> um, I'm not drunk. <laughs> um that's just a i mean that's just a small part of this it's like the whole thing there's some really stupid ones they throw in here too but uh but for the most part you're just going to be sitting there enjoying all of these uh these 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 this exchange between samuel l jackson and gina davis all the way through uh it's just a really fun movie uh all throughout and yes brian cox they should have found a way to make him uh, not die uh yeah. i i love i love the scene that he, she pulls the gun out of his pocket and all that during the torture scene but it would have been nice if that was some other character she did that with and yeah. brian cox was still around uh because you know if you've seen born identity you're you're going to swear up and down that brian cox is going to end up being exactly what they say he is in this but yeah. but then they kill him and it's like okay well i guess we're worried more about david morris and craig bierko and all that um i do love I think that it's line a, sorry go ahead no go ahead but i do love that line before we're done quoting great lines where he says like he's questioning the change he's like earlier when i first met you you were like oh fooey i burned the darn muffins <laughs> now you <laughs> now you go into a bar and 10 minutes later sailors come running out <laughs> yeah exactly i love the way he says oh fooey yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh it's fun too. Like the dude that plays, it was one eyed Jack is his name or whatever. Mm -hmm. the, um, that dude's in uh, 12 monkeys. If you remember, he's the one that, uh, uh, Madeline Stowe and Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis assaults that guy when he, oh. when, they, when he comes by the apartment and he says something later is like, he's like, uh, he's like, I just got hit. Up. I just got, uh, uh, assaulted by some coked up whore and a fucked up dentist. You know, that guy, <laughs> um, 
And uh, and then David Morse, of course, is in Twelve Monkeys. David Morse, of course. David Morse, um, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, this is a lot of fun, and I and it, and it probably should have done better uh, at the box office. But you know, the 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 uh, Rennie Harlan and Gina Davis had just come off a of Cutthroat Island, and Shane Black said even said that you know it's probably because of cutthroat islands failures that this one didn't get as much of a push as it should have he got four million dollars for this script holy uh, shit yeah holy um, shit yeah that was in 96 uh, it was in 1996 yeah God and uh, he had he apparently decided to swear off big blockbusters until i think iron man 3 um so uh so yeah anyway that i mean yeah this is one of those great long lost uh movies i think i think people have picked up on it over the years and even samuel l jackson apparently on a fallon a fallon show uh several years ago said that mitch was one of his favorite characters he's ever played or if not the favorite oh, character wow. he's ever That's played awesome. so uh this would by my count is the third time samuel l jackson has shown up on Recotopia. we had fresh and we had jackie brown oh yeah uh it won't be the last either because i know there's several others that are he's swimming around like in my 600 head 100 credits mm-hmm yeah so uh anyway uh i hope everybody else in the chat enjoyed it uh looks like for the most part you guys looks did. like they did uh, looks like they did uh, now i'm i'm so. kind of curious here what we're gonna get for our double feature be very very quiet secret what secret our dirty little secret i tell you something i've never told anyone I mean, the very obvious one and the one that I'm not going to go with is the born identity. And I think this movie is somewhat based on the book that Robert Ludlum wrote the, the first born identity. Um, it has all of those same little hallmarks in it. Um, and so, and then you have, I mean, there's Brian Cox is in this. I mean, how in the world as you, you have to think that people who cast born identity saw him in this and decided you know, like, okay, we'll play him in this, but this time he really will be the bad guy or whatever. Um, but I ended up on Kill Bill on this ooh, one. Ooh. Um, because Uma Thurman is also a character who has amnesia, uh, has had a child, has a daughter. Um, uh, and it now there's, you know, obviously there's a lot of differences. Kill Bill is more about revenge than anything. Um, uh, and so it's a lot about a one-on-one -on -one fights with her former, the people that she's fought with, but still the same thing. You have a, you have a, a, a female assassin and who is driven by, uh, the need to find her daughter by the end of it. And, uh, and, uh, to become a mother to her. And, and in this one, you know, it's got the same, she's got the same drive, even though she tries to deny it for, for a good 30 minutes in the movie, Gina Davis tries to deny her motherly instincts, but it's pretty clear when she goes to spy on them at the Christmas play or whatever, she's still got feelings for her daughter and everything. I think it's a great scene. Um, uh, yeah. And it also, by the way, I believe Kill Bill has a version of the Santana song, She's Not There, in it. And this mm. movie, this movie has the Santana, She's Not There, in it, which I thought was really interesting to, to like, I was like, I was like, I was like, holy shit, wow, that they, they both have that, huh? Interesting. Like, uh, Quentin Tarantino uses a cover. It's a real slow, like, you don't know, 
exactly what song it is at first until it gets to that. She's not there, you know, and whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I think kill bill, uh, would be a good a double feature with this. That's a long double feature. Uh, if you're going to put both parts in there as well, but, uh, that's what I went with. I like it. I like it. There's a pregnancy, a daughter, uh, amnesia, blonde hair. There's a lot of similarities to jump off from and yet differences enough, uh, that you won't feel like you watch the same movie twice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep. I, I dig yep. it. All right. Now, it's the traditional time where we talk about homework. homework. Yeah, homework. Yeah. Um, now, typically, uh, traditionally, we are trying to find movies that we don't think have gotten like a, a big push or were they weren't big hits, but they're great and all that type of thing. But I did want to continue with a sort of a Christmas theme here. Mm. And I have decided to pick a movie that did pretty well at the box office. It was just out, just outside of the top 10, but um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I see people talking about this movie every now and again, but it, it's, it's for sure not in the same vein as a lot of these others that we've done where we have uh, something that didn't do well at the box office that has been forgotten a time. But I'm going to do Catch Me If You Can uh, for next week. um i really love this movie now a lot of the things that are in this movie are obviously not true which is ironic because that's what this movie's about leonardo Mm -hmm. dicaprio uh basically fakes his way through every situation uh uh, to steal money and and defraud airlines and various other uh entities out there while tom hanks continually he tries to find him and there's a I guess there's a conversation every Christmas that happens with mm. them uh, of course the movie ends uh, on Christmas as mm-hmm. well um, mm-hmm. uh, this movie is really really good and uh, I'm I, 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 I can't wait to see it again it has it's been it's been a minute since I've seen it uh, all the way through but I remember this just being overall excellent it's got everybody in it there's so many like people who just before they were like famous were in here like amy yep. adams and uh you see elizabeth banks as a as a bank teller in the garner jennifer oh. garner uh but uh and then a great performance by christopher walken i believe he was nominated for an oscar for this uh so uh this is a lot of fun and i think this is a i think this is uh will fit the christmas bill i almost went with kiss kiss bang bang uh which would be perfect uh i just think that we probably need to space out the shane black a little bit (laughs) not that not that seeing a lot of shane black all in a row wouldn't be a good thing i'm just saying you know he he'll have a lot i mean i know between us we'll we'll do kiss kiss bang bang we'll probably do the nice guys at some point yep uh so uh so yeah uh i I thought about doing that one but we'll we'll go with catch me if you can i feel like catch me if you can for me is sort of like the last great young dicaprio performance Mm -hmm. that's the last movie where he he is young but pulls off young because after this he makes two years later he makes the aviator and then he makes the departed and he's just a a full-grown adult in both of those there's a boyishness about him and catch me if you can the gangs of new york did come the same year 
But before that, it's stuff like The Beach and The Man in the Iron Mask and all teenage DiCaprio mm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you break his character, or his, his, his career down into two sections and kid and adult. This is right on that line. I love Catch Me If You Can. And it's also probably, in my opinion, the most underrated John Williams score it uh, definitely of his entire is. career. Um, it's so different from everything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will not get that theme music out of your head after you watch this, uh, after you watch this, it's a, it's a great, great score. Um, uh, all right. I think we have some time for questions before we do that. Yeah. Let me tell you that catch me if you can is available for free on Amazon prime. Uh, and it's available on paramount plus if you have a subscription. Um, mm -hmm. so there are a couple of options there to watch if you don't own the DVD or Blu-ray already. Um, Let's move into some questions and see what we've got for today. Already? Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. I have a question for Recotopia. I probably didn't need to read that part. <clears throat> I watched this video <laughs> essay on the later half of Hitchcock's career and the quality drop-offs that occurred with his final four films. It brought up an interesting point, as it mentioned that while Frenzy wasn't his best work, it was a return to form. Did Dicer write this question? And a good final hmm. film. But then, he hmm. but then he made Family Plot. So my question is, which director's filmography would be a lot stronger overall if certain works were omitted? Um, I think Francis Ford Coppola made absolutely fantastic movies in the 70s, and mm. then he made some pretty decent to good to great movies in the eighties. Um, but man, in 1996, he made that movie Jack with Robin Williams and that made no sense whatsoever. Like you look at a man's filmography, you would never think Jack would be, <laughs> would be on Francis Ford Coppola's, um, he would follow that up the next year with the rainmaker, which is really good. Uh, but then after that, he's been making a lot of these like personal films. Now, honestly, I haven't watched these personal films. I had a hard time finding them when they first came out and I haven't gone out to seek them since, but he came out with movies like youth without youth and Tetro. And I remember those getting like lukewarm reviews when they came out. Um, I just think, yeah, if you take out Jack and some of his, maybe a couple of his eighties and a couple of his last few that he made, uh, that filmography is as solid as it gets. Um, uh, when you take out some of those, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what ended up on. I, I, I'm sure that there's others I could have come up with, but that's the one that sort of, uh, came to mind. I, um, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go with somebody that, uh, well, I'm just going to go with Brad Bird um okay and brad bird i think was mentioned during some of i think there was at least one allegation that he was uh rude to women on set or something along the mm -hmm. time the same time that um the lead guy from pixar was having a bigger issue with me too and ended up having to leave the company mm -hmm. uh, but i don't personally know that anything ever came of that and so uh i hope i'm not offending anybody um but Brad Bird has only, I'm going to read you uh, his filmography and I'm going to leave one movie off. Uh, the Iron Giant, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and The Incredibles 2. Mm -hmm. Which movie did I leave off? Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. <laughs> Which is almost as bad as all of those other movies are good. Um, mm -hmm. And there was so much intrigue and hype. 
Um, and there is some interesting stuff in Tomorrowland. Uh, it's, it's one of those movies you can kind of feel like what they were trying to do is in there somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But I would pluck that one off of that filmography. Now, he has not directed since then, since Incredibles 2. That's yeah. four years ago. Um, so um, he's not the most active director. But that, mm-hmm. just in the spirit of the question, plucking one away from filmography that felt like the best answer for me um so uh, a few in the chat uh, uh one says tim burton jagged says tim burton everything after big fish is pretty bad yeah tim burton's another one man he had he like had a lot of great stuff early on and then somewhere it turned i don't think uh, is mars attacks like the 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 inflection point i don't know this one uh, jagged says big fish i think that's a good one to start with too but man he started kind of tailing off mars attacks got its charms though i don't i don't want to blame everything on mars attacks but like that's where he it feels like we started to not see as many great ones although he did sleepy hollow's got its fans and sweeney todd's got its fans but i don't but know there, there's definitely the a wonka and the back-to-back yeah. alice in wonderland movies and i'm just over that shit yeah no one says alexander payne wants us all to forget downsizing that's <laughs> for sure i just wish downsizing sure. had been a series i think you could tell that story but in, in a two-hour movie it's just it's just too much mm-hmm. all at once yeah <sighs> And uh, Nolan also says Carpenter without the Ghosts of Mars era. Yeah, John Carpenter could do no wrong for a really long time. And then in the 90s, I don't think he's come out with a like a really good movie in a, in a while. Uh, that's probably why he transferred over to doing a music career now. That's basically what he does. But Ghost of Mars has that scene where somebody cuts their hand trying to open a can of beans or something, and then Ice Cube just goes... Pah! oh yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah um uh and uh yeah uh so there you go yeah there you go let's move on to another question i think we Mm -hmm. still yes we have time yes i've consulted the clock Mm -hmm. and we have time uh what previously innocent thing has been ruined for you by a movie i can't see or hear boop without thinking about that scene from barbarian anymore i haven't seen Mm. barbarian yet but um I don't have well, I, I don't have like anything like that. Uh, Steeler's wheel stuck in the middle of with you is something you can't hear without thinking of the dude's ear getting cut off and Reservoir Dogs. That's one. That's just that's just a song. I think we've had questions before about what songs have been ruined by whatever movies or what songs are 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 uh, married to that movie now, and you can't you can't think about the song without the movie or whatever. So that stuck in the middle with you song is definitely one, but I also think restaurants that have depicted like in movies that have been, that have depicted like the people in the back doing stuff to the food and then reserving it. That really is that's, and that's, and that happens in a lot of stuff. So you had super troopers that did that mm-hmm. road trip. It's um, for a cop waiting. <laughs> yeah. It's for a cop. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, super troopers road trip and waiting and all of those where they've just done awful, awful things to the food and then serve it to the customers. And you're like, man, I guess we've all probably eaten spit before when we've gone to the fast food restaurants Try not to at think some about point. It. Yeah. Trying to just don't think about, think about it. it. Just I don't mean, think about it. I got two answers here and they're not really either one of them. Um, things that I feel like sharing, but it's the spirit of the question. Uh, mm-hmm. So whenever I get Chinese takeout uh, and it comes in the little white foldy box that has the metal holding thing, 
I, oh, I, will, yeah. I will not eat it out of that container. I will pour it into a bowl or a plate before I mm -hmm. eat it. And this is solely because of the Lost Boys, where he's eating out of that Chinese thing and then looks down and it's like maggots. Um, oh, yeah. I also have a very bad association with Peeps, the marshmallow candy. Oh, from yeah. Easter, where I was yeah. eating some of those where I won't even tell you what it was, but something really gross happened. And I ran outside and threw up. Uh, I was mocked for throwing up, by the way. But I have mm. not eaten a peep since. And that was like, I was 15, maybe? 14? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no peeps for Jeremy. Uh, Ugh. Um, uh, it in Jedi says, you can't say the word mostly in my house without quoting Newt from Aliens. Yeah, absolutely. And they mostly come out at night. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> and then jets met uh with a line of the chat probably today dumb and dumber ruined hitchhiking for me i uh i really enjoy that one that's really fun i hate it when stuff like i hate it when hitchhiking gets ruined for people it's, yeah it's, seriously um, seriously so i hate when getting shot and end up never mind um <laughs> all right um i know you have a uh, uh well let's just do this question you have an answer all for right. you in high fidelity there's a scene where they play a cd and they bet on how many copies they will sell to people who are shopping in the store. I will now sell five copies of the beta band. Um, mm -hmm. The question is, have you ever bought an album you heard playing on the speakers while you were in a record store? Or maybe you were in a different kind of store. Basically, have you ever bought an album after encountering a song or two while out shopping? Uh, no, although I've bought songs based on songs. Like, th this is a weird thing, right? Like, I used to go to album stores all the time back when they were Vogue and and popular and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I don't existed. think I ever... What's that? <laughs> and they what? existed. <laughs> and they existed. I don't, I don't remember ever going into the store and hearing something over the speakers and going, yeah, I gotta buy that. I usually went in with a purpose and was like... I want to come in and I want to buy that fine young cannibals cassette. Um, so, but I have bought songs before and I remember once being in a best buy and somebody was trying out some sort of stereo in, in the, in, in best buy and the Charlie XCX song called famous came on. And I was like, man, I really like this fucking song. What is this? And I shazammed it. I was like, oh, it's Charlie XCX. I guess I'm going to have to download Charlie XCX on my fucking phone then. Cause, uh, <laughs> Cause here it goes. I'm going to have that song on repeat now. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've, I've heard many a song like on movie credits and stuff like that, that I've downloaded, but like, I've never bought a whole album based on that. So I bought, we went to that music festival where bad Ronald was at. Um, mm. and <laughs> I bought, <laughs> one of the bands that we saw was butterfly Jones and I'd never mm -hmm. heard of them, even though the lead singer was from the band Dada um mm -hmm. and i bought that album just because of that concert um mm -hmm. but yep. in the spirit of the question uh the answer is yes uh back in the early aughts nashville still had a tower records over on mm -hmm. west end um and for you young people you may never know the joy of tower records and that makes me sad but if you watch empire records it's a little like that only not the activities more the place mm -hmm. um, right and they put in uh, an album by keen and it was new at the time hopes and fears is the name of the album and i had a run in the early aughts of really being into these uh melodic uk bands that because i fell off a of radiohead once feedback became more important to them than melodies and i'm not <laughs> ripping on that i understand that a great many people enjoy 
what radio has been doing for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somewhere around OK Computer and Kid A, they kind of lost me because what hooked me on them in the beginning was all their harmonies and their singable songs and melodies. And so there was Travis, was another band like this, Why Does it Always Rain On Me? I was really into them. Yeah. And then I heard this Keen album, Somewhere Only We Know is the, probably the main song you yep. might have heard from that album. Uh, mm. And by the time that song was done, I had already asked what that was that was playing and had that CD in my hand. And I stayed in the store for 20 more minutes to keep listening to make sure I wasn't making a bad investment. But after is, three or four uh, more songs, I decided to buy that thing. <clears throat> is the Lovers Are Losing on that album? I just looked it up. No, that is not okay. on that album. That's that my Keen. favorite Keen song. I think that was like an album or two after that I first think it one. It might have been, yeah. <clears throat> Cause, yeah, because that that somewhere we only we know is what, at the time when the fray and all them were yeah. big too, and then like what Snow Patrol? Did you ever get into those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, uh, yeah. What do we have on the chat, chatty chat. Uh, let's see. Not a lot. I don't see much actually. Oh, uh, Jagged says I downloaded the Rubber Band Man song featured in the Avengers Infinity War the next yeah. day. It's a great song. Um, um, let's see. And it says they started playing Incubus in a store Chris was in once, and he got it going so much that the place had to close. I don't know if they're talking about me, but uh, sounds likely. <laughs> but it sounds like something I would do. I'd close down a store because of Incubus playing. Um, uh, but. Uh, yeah, some, somebody says Burp Pipe, and uh, yeah, not much other Thanks. than you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, some people were talking about the FYEs that were in oh, New yeah. York City. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I think I've been into a couple of FYEs in my day. Um, we had Turtles and Camelot and stuff like that out yeah. here. Tower Records, obviously. Um, but um, anyway, jam. Well, I think that's probably um, going to do it for today. <clears throat> yeah, that's going to do it for today. Next week is catch me if you can to uh, to to uh, to do some more Christmas movies, and I think this is a uh, this will this will be a lot of fun to talk about uh, next week. Uh, but thank you guys in chat for once again coming out and tolerating us on the live stream. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, we will uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. See ya. You're our friends. Be a part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinemasins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins or Cinemasins Twitter at cinemasins and email any comments or questions to recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com. Always forget the camera. I don't know why I'm talking like the the newest movie that I had the uh, like most uh, recent release new movie whatever because you know I saw all the Dirty Harry movies right but the most recent new release I saw was last night I I, I bought uh, Fall on Blu-ray and I decided to watch that last night and uh, oh is that the one where the girls <sighs> climb the tower yeah. And oh, I want to see this, but I don't want to see this. Yeah, there's a lot of nope in this. Yeah. There's a lot of nope. But I've heard good things. Um, 
I have a hard, I don't know, man. I have a hard, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot good here, probably more good than bad, but there's a lot of stuff in here that I'm like, man, I saw this in that other movie and I saw this in that other movie. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't rattle off a whole bunch of like people go do dangerous shit and, and, you know, uh, type of movies all to, but it's, it's, it's almost like you can write the dialogue in your head before it even happens in these mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you, like the very beginning of the movie, like there's this couple, they're married couple and, uh, they're, they're, they're climbing up this mountain. And then there's this other girl climbing who's just above them. And I'm like, what, at some point, you know, you just in. It just feels like it's echoing in your head already that she's going to be the one that says, "Come on up, it's good, bitches." And somebody's always got to say, "It's all right, let's do this, bitches," or something <laughs> like that. And that's exactly what she says at some point. And I also knew right at the beginning of this, and and I don't know how much you want me to spoil. I'm not going to watch it anytime soon. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I saw the single girl with no boyfriend, I was like, oh, she's fucking the husband. I bet she's fucking the. Husband, isn't she? Yeah, because every yeah. time they they set up that three way, like there's three friends and two mm-hmm. of them are married. The other mm-hmm. one's always been fucking the other. Yeah, it always happens. Yeah, and sure enough, later on in the movie, you find out that's what happened. And and uh and there's also I I don't think you ever saw forty seven meters down, but there's no. a there's a there's a plot twist that is ripped right out of 47 meters down on this. There's a shark up on the top of the tower. There's a shark on the, <laughs> the tower. The way they sh- shot this was really cool. I mean, obviously they're not up that high, but they shot it practically so that it looked like that they were. And uh, you know, a lot of just breathtaking kind of views and like, oh my god, your stomach churning kind of views and um. And uh, I like how they try to solve the problems with the things that they have at hand to try to get down. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things in it. And the girls are really pretty. So, um, but yeah, and, and also the, 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 the girl who, who uh, the girl who takes the, her friend to the, to the tower, um, she's like some YouTuber or whatever. And she, acts differently quote unquote when she's on the youtube stream and she's she's kind of an asshole or you know like kind of just this isn't her this isn't her mm-hmm. uh type of stuff and everything and it's and it's kind of obnoxious like you know like in every movie it seems like when they put a youtuber in they're the most obnoxious people ever there's never like anybody who's like you know really good at this and they respect what they do and all that you yeah. know it's always got to be like Oh, look at this! Look at her being all just showing out and shit like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Can it? Can it? Can't they just be good at what they do? There's a certain amount of like assumption of assholery in the t- the the tag of YouTuber or especially influencer. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen an influencer in a movie that wasn't a total fucker. Uh, right. <clears throat> right. Exactly. So it's just a stereotype that they haven't broken free from yet, I suppose. Which is sad because there have been YouTubers like CPG Gray or CGP Gray or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Vsauce. Like all these mm-hmm. really positive, uh, outstanding creators on the platform that have been there since the beginning. But it's the PewDiePie's and the yeah. Paul Brothers and, and right. all of the more lightning rod cinema sins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That 
tip the public perception to the negative. <clears throat> oh, well. Yeah. What are you going to do? Hopefully, I'll be alive when the day comes where YouTuber is not a, a put down. Um, just like I'm sure rock and roller in the 70s, like if you were like, oh, I'm going to be mm -hmm. a rock star, I'm sure everybody right. thought you were an asshole. Uh, yeah. But we've come to respect that. Even video game players, like, I still think. Like, professional video game player probably comes with a bit of scorn uh, from yep. the general public. But one day, what, what what I don't think a lot of people realize, and I don't pay attention to it much, but I see enough headlines. There's a huge competitive gaming scene mm -hmm. for more than one game where tens of thousands of people are tuning in to watch. And I have tried to watch. Like, League of Legends is the one I tried to watch a competitive I can't even understand what the fuck is happening I, on that screen. I don't. I don't either. I have a hard time understanding. And people go, Whoa! "What they're doing?" Oh, and cheer! Look at I, what he's doing! And I'm looking at the screen, and I'm like, like "I don't." Uh, what is he no. doing? Spell number eighty-two. I don't know. But I did yeah. see a, a street, not Street Fighter, but a one-on-one -on -one fighting game, uh, competitive match between a newcomer and like the king of all this game. And mm -hmm. the king guy got the newcomer down to literally one more hit, and he's dead. And the king mm -hmm. guy had his whole bar, and newcomer dude won. Uh, oh, and shit. beat his ass and never took another hit. It was amazing. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> but wow. some of these, like League of Legends and some of the other ones, I think I have to understand the game before I can you really do. get into like watching people play it. But if there was a Grand Theft Auto one, I could watch that. I Even even the, the war games where it's like check out this amazing sniper kill and it's over in five seconds and i don't know what happened mm -hmm. because i don't yeah i don't know since i don't play the game that there's always a dude in that crane half a mile away and you just killed him all i saw was your scope and you fired a shot and everybody's yeah. cheering oh good there's a post here that doesn't like recotopia but they like the they like the sin cast mm. oh this is fun mm -hmm. i shouldn't have read this I made a fried bologna sandwich on Sunday that I put on mm -hmm. Twitter, and it was rad. Yeah. I have this little frying pan that has three perfect circles in it for mm -hmm. cracking egg in there, and it makes a perfect circle egg for a sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I fried some bologna up, which basically tastes like hot dogs once you do that. And I put mm -hmm. some mayonnaise and American melted American cheese on top, mm -hmm. and it was 10 times better than I hoped it would be. Ooh, I'm going nice. to make it again because my brother's coming to pick up his kid in a couple of days, and I'm going to make it again mm -hmm. for you. It's, I just wanted to throw that out there. Fried bologna. Mm. Uh, mm. Cheese, egg. It's good stuff. Not probably very good for me, but mm -hmm. it's good stuff. I posted on the CinemaSense one last night. I am totally open to discourse, criticism, and change, and then I marked it so that nobody could respond. I was pretty proud of that one. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> a handful of people have given us kudos for it. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious. 
extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 